Bueller. Oh, Bueller. Okay. Bueller. Bueller. Good morning. Up and at him. It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. With Walker and Roush. We are to wild and crazy guys. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. April 1st, 2021. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Roll Big X Call. Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and just us two. Yeah, we're we're stuck out on an island all alone. No one here beside us, thanks to Justin Kalen's, uh gross ineptitude. Just You think, uh, you know, you got one thing to do when we do a remote show. Just so one br- thing. Yeah. Yep. Bring in headphones. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does Justin do? Not bring doesn't 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 bring his headphones at all. But uh, no zero headphones, not even a one. You know what though? I kind of like we basically can just say whatever we want about him during this show, and there's no re- retort. I mean, if only he were a little bit more triggered about Indiana, then this would be really fun. But we already know he's defeated. So do you see, we have Governor Wars. Ooh, Governor Wars. Yeah, Governor what, Wars. What does that mean? Uh, Holcomb and Bashir are feuding. Ooh, well, I, I saw news that they're not going to discriminate on if you're from either state. Like, if you get the vaccine, is that what it's over? No, it's over Indiana dropping their mask mandate. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So I'm guessing Andy got real passive aggressive too. He loves to do that. Yeah, he said that he hoped that uh, Holcomb would would reconsider the decision, and, Hol- and Holcomb was like, "He's got my number. He hasn't told me anything like that." And you know, just kind of the old, "Oh yeah, he's not. He's talking behind behind my back. He should he should say." But but then he was he took the high road. He was like, "But I I was told to respect other governors, so you know he's allowed to say whatever he wants." Every time I hear Holcomb's name, I want a bowl of honeycomb. Is that is that weird kind of uh, name association or no? I think that's fair. No, yeah. I think that's that. Yeah, it's totally fair. Checks out, right? Okay, good. A- absolutely, absolutely. Well, we hope that you're having a great start to your day. Do just want to give you the good old fashioned heads up. It is April Fool's Day, so be on the lookout. Uh, I don't. I don't have any shenanigans planned for the show, Roush. Uh, I thought about it, and I was like, "Yeah, let's just now." Right, right. I, I'm, I'm there too. I don't have any shenanigans planned either. I do think um, I've spotted an April Fool's joke um, that's like been in the works for a little while from Michael Strahan. Did you see that this week he shared a video that he closed the gap in his teeth? No, but you think this that was the slow play for the in the payoffs today? Yes, I think so. So he shared it on Monday or Tuesday. So it, it like he didn't actually share it on April Fools and I think if he did it on the day of then people would have just been like, dude, that's an April Fools joke. So I think he got everybody to believe that he closed his gap and then today he's going to be like, "Ah, oh, gotcha." Because that's his look. You can't you can't get rid of your thing. Like he's been out of football so long that, I mean, I'm sure that the average Joe Schmo who watches good morning America knows that he probably played football. Maybe 
because he's a big guy. But the gap tooth thing, that's his signature look. You can't get rid of that. It would be worse than Anthony Davis shaving his unibrow. Yeah, that, that's so. But you don't know for sure if it's an April Fool's joke or not. That's just my that's my hunch. Um, that's what I'm hoping it is. If not, then that I'm just going to be very disappointed in Strahan. Hmm. Very disappointed. Okay, well, uh, so that that's just just wanted to give you all a heads up. You may see stuff today. If it seems a little too weird to be true, it potentially is just a good old fashioned April Fool's joke. Did you ever pull off any great ones back in the day? I'm sure we probably do this every year, but to be fair, uh, one to, to be fair for today, I don't remember what you said. Well, and the I think kind of the point of April Fools is that it's a um, you know it, it's kind of a little it's just a, a quick easy come easy go practical joke so uh, all of my april fools jokes if there have been any have been so inconsequential that i can't even recall them yeah and i'm sure i've probably said this also on previous april fools day shows but uh, my the i guess how i would remember the holiday would be at in at st x you, you know did you all have a student paper at the sales uh, I mean, not really. Briefly, off and on, one of those kind of deals. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, we would like. I guess we'd have probably, I don't know, two or three a semester, and uh, but they were pretty like lengthy newspapers when they print, and it, it was called Xavier Xavier News. But then on April Fools, we had an edition that was called Xavier and Snooze, and it was just all fake, like satirical <laughs> stories kind of like writing for That's the onion and stuff like that and there'd be funny like photoshop pictures and then whatnot so that was always a good always a good time writing in that and uh i think people would get in trouble for what they'd write or like they'd offend people so then it got to a point where like if you ever wrote about a teacher you had to get their permission for their oh, storyline and whatnot so those, those dorks those those were the good old days yeah there there were some teachers that were like i I think one got like photoshopped in like a tutu or something and got offended. You know, this was back like 15, <laughs> this is like back like 15 years ago and whatnot. So all around good, good, clean fun. I, I do need to start bankrolling some good innocent prank ideas because today is Duke's first birthday. Happy birthday, Duke. I'm I'm going to take it easy on him this year. Um, and he's also not going to remember it, but he's, it's it's going to be prank Sinatra from here on out. So I need some good dad pranks to to give him for his birthday every year. So if you have any good ideas, 502-414-1450. Text on into the Kentucky Truck Sales text line. Okay. But what we'll we'll tell you moving forward from here is we won't we're not we're not going to pull any shenanigans on you during the show. So I don't know. Just don't have that in the back of your mind. Uh, maybe yeah. that that'll be, make this listening a little uh, less stressful. And and there's uh, some good news on the way today too. That uh, on the recruiting front, that is not a joke. It is not a drill, and it's it's a big deal. Uh, Vince Marrow, he's telling you to get the dice out. Wolf, wolf. And it's coming from a four star recruit. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to this decision. It's kind of out of the blue, but it will be a big get from the state of Kentucky. Wow. Uh, and it's not Gavin Wimsett. So oh. there's there's your there's your hints for the day. I know a lot of people thought it'd be the quarterback. It is not. I still think an anticipation uh, or a decision. I, I anticipate a decision in the not so distant future, but you will not be hearing from him today. 
Yeah, I saw that he, uh, Gavin Wimsett, was quote tweeting some Rutgers commits or something like that. And, that, you know, uh, let's cut that out, I suppose. No, but, but still huge news. Vince kind of tipped people off to it. The name has circulated, but I think you can probably narrow it down. I'm sure probably a texter at some point will probably text it in on on who it is, and, and we'll go from there. I think I know who it is. Uh, Roush kind of described it well. A four-star in-state, not Gavin Wimsett. And uh, do, you, do we want to say the region of the state? No, no. it's the, You're down to like three people. So <laughs> Okay. Again, <laughs> I'm sure somebody will text in who they think it is, 502-414-1450. And uh, just another little tip of the cap to UK football for just making sure if there is a talented player in this state that Kentucky will not only be in consideration, Roush, but now it's batting at a really, really high percentage of being able to keep these dudes in state. And that's uh, everything we ever needed UK football to do. We've always felt like any map to success, program success, being able to move up the SEC ladder is you got to, you got to keep the in-state guys in state or more times than not. You got to keep the best talent from leaving. And, and Stoops has done that better than I even could have imagined. So there, there were boxes you had to check to be able to move up as a program. And this box has been checked for a while now, but you you know, you can't go getting the eraser out. So they're, they're still doing their job. And and that's why Kentucky football has uh, been better these last several years. Yeah, and especially whenever the the state, the talent within the state is getting better. Um, I I know that has not always been the case. I'm not really sure when it started, but you go back to Cash, Landon, Drake. You had three All-Americans from the state, sign them all, and, you know, they turned out pretty good. (laughs) Drake and Landon started, you know, 1,700 games for Kentucky, won a ton of them. Uh, Cash was a two-year starter as well, so that it's it's real significant, especially whenever you've got guys who the only ones you're really losing out on you're losing to perennial powerhouses like Bama and Notre Dame. I think you got one from Clemson or Walker Parks, um, but for the most part, that's that's the only ones you've been losing guys to, and you've been keeping the rest, and they've been producing for you. So continuing that is incredibly vital and this year man it all started last friday and i think this this positive momentum it's just it's just going to keep on rolling that's what i like to hear and that's what any uk football fan will hear and i will say this again we are certainly not paid by the university of kentucky no Um, i would love to be paid by the university of kentucky you can certainly buy my allegiance that i already have given you for free they uh that's bad negotiating sure. <laughs> uh, they 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 don't pay us um at best what Roush will will get somebody from UK on the show like once every i don't know 5 months something like that if if even that but i'll say this UK football fans and i know that there are a lot out there if you like what you see keep investing in it and show up because that stuff matters. People want to play in full stadiums. They want good atmospheres. Look at what Kentucky's going up against in terms of other SEC atmospheres. If you want that kind of success, you need to fans just need to do their part and show up. And Roush, I know that there are COVID concerns, and I've got to make a little point about that here in a second. I know there are going to be COVID concerns heading into this fall. 
There may be some stadium restrictions. The NFL has come out and said that they anticipate just full stadiums. Uh, I, I think that's the way uh, this is going back to our the time hopping back a year ago where we were just talking COVID every which day and in every which way. And it was really annoying, but that's what I think they should do is just say, Hey, we plan on it being full. And if we have, if we got to make changes a few weeks before we'll make changes a few weeks before I expect Kentucky to at least have at a, at a minimum 75% attendance and really, I think it's going to be closer to full. So that first game, Roush, it needs to be a, a good atmosphere. Kentucky win, and they got Wandale Robinson to come back home. They're continuing to recruit well. At that point, I would expect them to be able to have visitors on campus, if not in an official capacity, which I would imagine they would be able to. At least, you know, they, you can't tell who can show up to the game and who can't show up to the game. So it can help recruiting. All I'm saying is if you want this thing to continue, we can make it happen, and that's just by fans showing up and continuing to support the program the way that they have the, the last few years. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. And I, I guess I don't want to flip sports, but when Kellen Grady spoke to the media yesterday, that was one thing he – like one big selling point for Kentucky and a big reason why he came here is he said, I want to play on the biggest stage in basketball. I've done this at Davidson. Now I want to see if I can do this in front of 20,000 people every night. And that I, I, I think that's something that we've taken for granted over the years because of just the normalcy of it. But it's a big deal these kids to be able to play in front of crowds like that. And uh, I'm certainly excited to, to get that back toward normal because I feel like we're getting close. We're getting very close. Today's opening day for baseball. They won't have the big, enormous parades, but they're going to be letting people back in the stadium. So we're we're slowly getting there, Terry. We are. And along those same lines, I went and got my first shot yesterday. Woo! How, how's the arm feel? My shot of hope. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little sore, but I think I'm okay. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, you hear about the side effects and people feeling crummy last night. I was like, do I, am I just tired or do I like feel sickly? (laughs) That's uh, this whole entire COVID thing. Like anytime you get a, like a little sniffle or, I mean, it's, you just always like, wait, is it your mind? It's amazing what your mind will do to play tricks on you. No, it really is. No, there's there's no doubt about it. So I, I think, and I, I woke up this morning and I feel fine. I'm a little stuffy, but that's probably just from allergies like it is every day. But uh, I, so I, I feel fine. The arm's a little sore, but nothing too bad. Uh, didn't even feel the shot. And I was like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm no, I, I asked the nurse, I was like, nobody likes shots, right? Like nobody, you know, people normally just tell you that they don't like them. She was like, yeah, nobody ever tells me that they do like them. No, that's, that's <laughs> certainly a thing that doesn't happen. And, I, you know, I was just kind of like making small talk because I don't like shots because, again, who does? But didn't even feel it. It was uh, – uh, she was like, yeah, it's a pretty small shot. Uh, not a lot of people have, have, had, have had any painful reactions to it. So that's good. I'm tougher than everybody else in the world, wow. which is great. Wow. But I do – I posted on the Facebook page. I posted on my Twitter page. And if you need me to personally send it to you, you can get your shot at Bellarmine now and Spalding. And there's plenty of other places as well, Roush. So uh, it's, and, and it, you know, that was the weird thing is that Governor Bashir was talking about how starting Monday, anybody can get their shot 16 and up. 
that's happening already. You like I that's exactly what I did is UK has kind of partnered up with these places and smaller colleges around the state and you can you can get your shot now. And I was shocked by how easy it was. Uh, I literally signed up that day, set the appointment for one o'clock, rolled up to Bellarmine, parked, and within I'm not joking, within probably two minutes of parking, walking in. I had my shot, and then they want you to wait 15 minutes to make sure you don't have any negative reactions. So right, really, right. the whole process took 17 minutes. Uh, I was there in and out. It was super, super easy. And then I, I, I got the Pfizer one, right? That's the Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson, Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that checks out. So I uh, I got that one. I'll go back in three weeks Ooh, and get I'm my I'm a Moderna second. guy. It's, it's much better. The best vaccine there is. Pfizer can suck it. So I posted that on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page. You should check it out yourself. I want to kind of give the locations of where else they do because it's around. It's not just in Louisville. All right. Berea College, Center College, Eastern Kentucky University, Georgetown College, Keeneland, Kentucky State University, Spalding University, Sullivan University. Toyota Campus, Western Kentucky University are the places that you can sign up for that link. And it really is just as simple as clicking a button, putting in your information, picking the time you want to go, and then you show up. So, Roush, my whole thing was I didn't want to cut people in line. I wanted to wait until, like, you know, sadly it got to the 30-year-old one. I wish I had to wait till it got to the twenties and up, but uh, I was going to, you know, it's, it's, it's working its way down. It's like 50, it's at 40. So it was at 40 this week. And then I think they realized that like, all right, a lot of people just aren't getting them or the people that wanted to kind of get them are, have already found a way to get them. So let's just open it up to everybody. So it's six, it's opening up to 16 pretty much in a lot of States, Kentucky, on Monday, but it's already happening right now. But I was just going to wait till you could go to a CVS and do it, make it all easy and whatnot. But this is just as easy. This was not easier. easier. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause they just had like nurses lined up against the wall and you just like walk up to one. Uh, there was no line. There was a bunch of Bellarmine students there, but uh, that's fine. I think I still fit in with the college crowd. So that uh, I didn't, I definitely didn't stick out. And got my shot, and uh, yeah, so the sooner we get our shots, the sooner we can talk about full Kroger fields and all that good stuff. So I'm pumped up. People should do it. It was really easy. Uh, I, and, and honestly, do you, do we think that Trevor has gotten his shot yet? No. No, of course not. It would you require think, him to leave the house. You think there's any chance? No, there's no chance. I think I he just, will get I, it, but we have to like bug him about it multiple days, and then, you know. He'll be okay to leave the house after that. Well, he should definitely do it with uh, go to Bellarmine, and I'm sure it's probably just as easy as those at, at those other places. But I, I can just hear Trevor right now being like, "Ah, if everybody else gets it, then I'll be safe, right? Like nobody will be able to contract it to me." <laughs> he'll just let a, he'll let everybody else do the work. He'll do he'll let herd immunity mm-hmm. take take its. Uh, but he, you know, he doesn't go out anyway, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, but you're exactly right. That's that's no doubt exactly what he would do. Yeah, so 16 and up, it's already happening. And then as of Monday, I guess wherever you can sign up, anywhere and everywhere, I know that they're going to do a big drive at Cardinal Stadium, which uh, they're expecting to – I think they have 100,000 spots to open up, which is about 70,000 more people that have been at Cardinal Stadium in a really long time. 
Well, there was a lot of Kentucky fans there in 2018. That's a good one, too. Yeah. 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 Hey, well, but, oh, yeah. So are you and I about to battle? We about to fight? We going to have a hot take debate? We can if you want to. Stick your dukes up, buddy. Oh, man. Fighting hour style. I'm going to have my knuckles out. All right. Well, let's go to a break. We'll come back. Uh, speaking of U of L football, Roush and I got into it on Twitter a little bit. And uh, according to the text line, somebody, you know, anytime Roush and I fight, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a brother's quarrel, if you will. But Sweeney supposedly took a big shot at Roush, if the text line can be believed. So maybe we can get more information on that. We'll come back. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call. Roll We've got Radio Roll. Wars on the horizon. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on the Big X. We'll be right back. First one's here. First one's here. First one's here. But we're so far away, Clark. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Right, right. And at the end of the day, when the lot's all full and everybody's fighting to get out of here, we'll be the first ones out, too, right? Why? Because we're the Griswolds. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your Thursday morning, the 1st of April. Is it Keeneland opening day, Roush? No. Um, they will wait till Friday. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow. And you can, if you buy tickets early enough, you can you can get in there. Um, but I would. it's probably only for like weekdays and whatnot. What do, you, what do you what do you mean I, i'm just assuming a lot of like this weekend's tickets are probably already bought up oh yeah okay so yeah. maybe if you buy up for far enough you could get weekends but okay. right 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 yeah i wonder i mean it's just not gonna the the, the point of keeneland is the crowds not really well, for some of it, but that's you know that's that's what makes keeneland keeneland yeah. looking out in grassy rolling hills for as far as the eye can see and just seeing folks just enjoying the weather Join some horses. And it's going to be nice this weekend. Like you said the other day, 16, real pleasant. Chilly today, but pleasant this weekend. Yeah, it'll be a little chilly tomorrow. The The first Keeneland Friday, Roush, we talk about it every year, and it's just a sign that we just get older and older each year, which is factually true, is uh, that first Wait. Keeneland Friday in college was just, what a hoot. We get older and older each year? Every day. Actually, each second. If oh, you really no. have your mind blown. Whoa. Yep. Wow. Yeah, the first keynote on Friday, though, I just was always late to it. Like, there was never a chance in France that I was going to get there in time to get one of those cool shirts or, like, register for the scholarships or whatever. It yeah, was just, it was not happening. We, we, we never got there in time for the scholarships. I feel like we'd get there early because we'd be so pumped up just for Keeneland season to start, but we'd just stay tailgating instead of going and walking in and doing all that. Right, right. Which rightfully so, especially if you were underage. Like, what was really the point? I mean, there was multiple times in college where I went to Keeneland and just stayed on the hill oh, the yeah. entire time. That's what I was going to ask you. Is like, what what do you think your percentage of actually going in is? Ooh, I mean, it's a hundred. But during college, it was definitely fit, like fifty percent, maybe lower. 
Well, so two, I guess it'd be two things. One, I, yeah, I, I'd say around 50, per, I'd, I'd say probably 60% I'd go in to Keeneland. But if you did like a pie chart of my time at Keeneland on Keeneland's grounds, <laughs> it'd be like, it'd probably be 85% tailgate and then 15% actually inside Keeneland. But I go still went in right, probably right. 60% of the time. But there'd be times we'd literally go in, bet a race, have a beer and be like, go drink free beer out of the car. And be like, yeah, okay, free beer out of the car. And then so we just go back and tailgate again. Yeah, and it was also the the, the few times somebody would get a party bus too. I mean, like, why leave that? You know, the, just you, way too much fun. <laughs> so I've never had the party bus Keeneland experience. Dude, I'm really kind of jealous about it. Yeah, you it was it was it was great. <laughs> it's it honestly great. shocking that like you know, a good chunk of my friends have already turned 30. And uh, yeah, I still have several more to go, but that none of my friends have done a Keeneland part from Louisville to Lexington party bus. I feel like I see those all the time from other friend groups and they make me insanely jealous. It looks like an absolute blast, especially because that's the one downer of going to Keeneland now. Like the last time I went with Brooke, you know, we're doing the negotiating. So, so how are we getting back home? And then we ran into a friend she had already started drinking and he just like at that point it was like, well, I guess I better just stick to a, a beer or two because he, she, he is loading her up. So there's no way she's sober enough to drive us home. So you have to do that negotiating the, I, I, that's a, that's a very good point. Mr. Sports talker. I'm turning 30 this fall, right before the Keeneland meet opens up. So, wow. you, so you know what, maybe, maybe I'm the one who fulfills this ultimate uh, destiny. I wish, uh, so I wonder, do the radio friends make the cut for Roush's party bus to Keeneland? Mm, man, I don't know. That's only time will tell. Would KSR people make the cut for Roush's party bus to Keeneland? Well, well, KSR people are already in Lexington, so they can just meet at the party bus. Wow. You hear that, KSR people? Suck it. You're not invited on Roush's party bus. At least I got a maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Justin got a sucker because he's a Hoosier dingus. He oh. he wouldn't appreciate it anyway. He well, I wonder if Justin's ever been to Keeneland. You know, the answer is probably no. Probably no. Um, even though I like he he did say previously though he's a big fan of Derby. Yeah, he said it is a no. He gave us a negatory. I think he would enjoy Keeneland very much. Oh, he absolutely would because he likes time outdoors. He's a golfer. But he likes improving his game indoors at the Bobby Cook Golf Academy. That's right. And that's the best place to do it. They've got three simulators where you can either play a full round or just go and hit balls on the driving range. Um, but Terry, eventually, you can only help your game so much. Bobby will really take it to another level. And he'll do it in the blink of an eye, too. So lessons are very inexpensive. You can go to BobbyCookGolfAcademy.com. That's Cook with an E. Book your lesson or just go ahead and secure your spot on the driving range today. Go ahead and do it. Bobby Cook Golf Academy, exit four in southern Indiana. Really easy to get to. Give them a call at 812-913-4415. That's 812-913-4415. All right, Rash. so we kind of teased it. We've got a lot of Kentucky stuff to get to, and trust me, we will get to it. I promise you that. But, Roush... Louisville is going to play Georgia in a home and home. What is it, 26 and 27 or 27 and 28? 26 and 27. All right, 26 and 27. 
uh, trip down to Athens, and then the Bulldogs will come up to Louisville. And you thought it was a big, stinky, stupid doo-doo. Yes, it's a very dumb idea um, because the University of Louisville in the last five years has a sub-500 ACC record. Um, I think they've got six more losses than they have wins. Uh, Louisville has, is what once was a beacon of consistency. They're a program that did well in their conference, and then they would schedule a big dog. And I, it was a great plan back when they were in Conference USA and when they were in the Big East. And, you know, you only played really Rutgers and West Virginia were really your own good conference games. So bringing in Florida State was smart. for the. It was great for program building. But now they play Clemson every year. Um, they play seven other ACC teams. It feels a little silly and unnecessary to schedule Georgia. Uh, TJ, your rebuttal. No. Oh, no. sorry. Had the mute on there for a second. Okay. I just think I think sports are just supposed to be fun. So more fun matchups to look forward to are better. Can it hurt program growth? Sure. But if you win the game, then it's a trampoline uh, towards of uh, of momentum. Moving up the pecking order helps with recruiting, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I, I honestly, Roush, I think it's. <laughs> it's it's going one of two ways for Louisville. I think in their mind, when they have this scheduling philosophy, it's going back to their old conference USA chip on the shoulder. Nobody wants to play us because you don't get as much out of the win and we're good enough to maybe sneak up on you and beat you. You remember those days when they were like, teams don't want to play us or we're getting, uh, and then they got to a point. It was like, all right, fine. We don't even need the home and homes. We'll come and we'll play you wherever you want. Blah, blah, blah. They even previously scheduled Georgia and Georgia bought out of that game. And that might be why they went back to the well. They've and you know they got they got the win against Miami when Miami jumped on the bird at midfield and all that good stuff. So they've had that philosophy of scheduling tough when they can, and now I think they're in their mind is that like all right you know we're we're big boys of college football we're not scared of the big boys. Sadly, it's more coming off of, and they, I don't think you have all really realizes this is that like Georgia is like oh this will be an easy win for us. And we get to say like, we play, you know, we got a a nice win against an ACC team. It's an easy win for us. And it's kind of low risk because if in the off weird chance, if we get upset, Hey, you know, you lost an ACC team, whatever. But if we win, it'll be an easy win, but we can kind of sell it as like, Hey, another power five win. We're not playing cupcake state anymore. And I don't think you have all really realizes that they're kind of the layup in these games, but that's okay. We can tell them that later. So the thing that that out of all of this, TJ, is like, I don't think Louisville is fine to play other Power Five teams. I know Kentucky sticks to max schools in their other three, and you know I I'm willing to be a little bit flexible on that, even though I, I push back quite a bit. But like, why schedule Georgia? You already play Clemson. You scheduled Alabama previously. You're not winning those games. Those are against perennial college football powerhouses. If you want to go to other Power Five leagues, do it. Like Ole Miss is not like that is a fine home at home. You get to go to a cool stadium. 
um, and you know, in another year. Now, to do that the same year you play UCF, like that's a no-win situation. Not right. only having both of them, but also UCF is G five. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's there's nothing you can gain out of that. But like, if you were to schedule West Virginia, or like if you're Kentucky and you want to play Mark Stoops' alma mater of Iowa or something, that okay. But don't go Georgia. Like, what are you doing, you idiots? I think it's uh, – and by the way, I think the Ole Miss is just a uh, neutral site, Chick-fil-A sort of deal. Okay. Which Louisville has been no strangers to that. I, I, I get what you're saying, and your point about Louisville not winning these games is not wrong. They're, they're probably not. And did you know that they have, at least on FBS schedules, they have U of L at the series against Texas A&M in 2028 and 2029? Did not know that. Yeah, a bunch of my Louisville friends were like, have they announced that? Is that actually a thing? So they have it down. I don't know if that's true or not. So that would make U of L over the next few years. Hear me out. They'd have Ole Miss and UCF this year, as Roush already mentioned. They'd have UCF uh, at on the road, and then they have South Florida in 2022. Those are more manageable. And then they start the series with Indiana in 23, 24, and 25. That's one neutral, one home, one away. Then, then they go into Georgia in 26 and 27. Then maybe A&M in 28 and 29. And then in 30 and 32, they'll play Notre Dame. And 33, they play Notre Dame. Those are ACC games. Those right. will happen more frequently. Uh, that's just a lot of good, uh, good opponents. And, Roush, I guess just our disagreement is as simple as I think the losses are worth it to have the fans fired up for games to look forward to. And I get what you're saying. You're not going to look forward to them if you know absolutely they're going to be losses. That would be U of L's job as a program is, hey, we've got at well, least five years. We need to get this program where we go into these Georgia games feeling like we've got a chance and we can be competitive. And the worst case scenario, Roush, is if you lose and you do and you do get beat then you can just schedule another SEC team five years down the road, and boom, you can get fans excited again. You can kind of shoot again. It's really no risk to get excited about them. If you lose, you lose. You take your shot, and you move on. I'm for it. I get you're against it. That's where I'm at. Would you be more excited for a marquee regular season game or a postseason bowl game? Well, the bowl game's not a guarantee, so I'd, I'd probably rather have the guarantee of, like, well, if I knew Kentucky was playing, let's say in, like, 2025, Kentucky and Ohio State agreed to a game in Cincinnati, neutral field, 50-50, Labor Day weekend, start the state, start the season. You wouldn't tell me you wouldn't look forward to that, even knowing that it's probably going to be a loss for Kentucky. You're not telling me you wouldn't be pumped up about that game and you wouldn't go to it and probably make it a big to-do. That would be pretty awesome to have that to look forward to. And then you know what? If you had a bowl game four months later, that'd be pretty awesome it's not like we just need one fun thing to look forward to, Roush. I hate that you've turned into the fun police. You're the opposite. No, no, but that's a horrible idea. Playing Ohio State or Cincinnati is a horrible idea. There's like, <laughs> it's a terrible, like it is so dumb. Because here's the thing. I want to lay out scenarios of, of two schools. One I hate and one which is near and dear to my heart. One is Nebraska. Um, did I mention Nebraska yesterday or was that just, no, that was just with like Nebraska is currently, they're trying to wiggle out of this game with Oklahoma, but they can't because they're Nebraska. They talk big game. It's the 50th anniversary of one of college football's many games of the centuries and that they're renewing an old rivalry this year. But the problem is, is Scott Frost is in year four and he hasn't gone to a bowl game yet because the big 10 plays, um, uh, a non-game conference schedule. So in those extra three, if you aren't baking wins, 
it's hard to go to a bowl game. Here, Nebraska is, they're just like, God, we need a bowl game so bad just to give our program a little bit of artificial momentum. If we lose to Oklahoma again, that's going to make it even more difficult. On the flip side of Purdue with Jeff Brom, whoever's scheduling his games, like, dude, they can suck it because he had a nice start to his tenure and their momentum is starting to, like, th- things are kind of slowing down for him. And who do they schedule this year? They've got Oregon State at UConn and at Notre Dame as their non-conference games. Of course, UConn stinks, but Oregon State is at least a Power 5 team and Notre Dame, like, those are not easy wins. So getting back to a bowl game, you're basically playing an NFL schedule every year. And really, it doesn't, like, the, the thing is, is I know that sounds fun and all, but if you don't go to a bowl game, nobody cares who you played. Like, going to a bowl game is, like, the bar that you need to hit in order to keep pushing forward. So, to, to I just don't know why you would intentionally make that, that more difficult on yourself when you can, having postseason momentum is much more important than getting fans excited in June, because you can still be excited in June playing Louisiana Monroe after beating a bad NC State team in a bowl game. Yeah, I, I just we we just won't see eye to eye on this. Um, I, I think it's fun to look forward to them. I think assuming that you actually have maybe a slight chance, even if it's problem probability says you're going to lose, it's still worth it, and. Uh, just strongly disagree. I don't think like the bowl game buzz is only if you win. If you win the bowl game, you get those good feelings. Yeah, you maybe get something for three or two weeks in December, but really you only get the lasting effects of a bowl if you win. So if you're a good team, sure. If you're a really bad team, Roush, maybe they should have your your philosophy. But uh, it's a sport. You're supposed to play teams. You're supposed to have fun with it. Winning is fun, but you can't win those games unless you play them and giving fans something to look forward to. You're you're nuts about not every so often taking a shot against a big opponent. I also think Kentucky should play more games in Cincinnati just to throw a bone back to all the recruits that they've gotten from Cincinnati. But that's something that I've said for a long time. Wouldn't necessarily have to be Ohio State, although I think you just did one neutral site game. That'd be a blast. And if Kentucky were to win that, good night. That Wouldn't that be a huge, huge game? Well, TJ, here's the my final thing that, like, if this won't convince you, nothing will. Um, Kentucky was sub-500 last year. But it was a was it a good season? Was it not a good season? I don't know. But if we play game, schedules like that every year, your final record is going to look much worse than the team actually was. And – yeah, but what, what did last year do to anything? We're talking about how good UK's recruiting is right now. We know last year's UK team was a solid team. It just you didn't have a court, you didn't have great quarterback play, you didn't have wide great wide receiver play. The offense was lacking, but it was a great defense and it had a pretty average record with a really, really tough schedule. That, that's kind of what we knew that that team was. So like, but it didn't stop anything. So you, it's almost like you're making my No, he got it got Eddie Grant fired. I mean, right? He probably would have stuck around. Like if, if what? If if, a if, normal, if, if if it was a normal seven eight win season, like if you put if you if you added those games uh, against your non conference teams, that's the seven eight win getting went in season, and Grand's probably still here with Darren Henshaw. We don't know that for sure, though. But most likely, I don't. I, I if they struggled in every SEC game offensively, and it was clearly inflated numbers against bad teams, I don't think that that's a guarantee. 
Mm. Uh, you know, I think that it was a tough decision for Stoops this year as is. I, I don't know if a few extra wins because you're probably going to the same bowl game. You know, you're probably still going to the Gator Bowl whether you get eight yeah. wins. Yeah, that's true. The, the same, so, you know, your end result's kind of similar. And I, I wouldn't want Kentucky to do what Louisville's doing every year with an SEC schedule. And, and make no mistake about it, you all. I know that playing the SEC every year is more difficult than playing in the ACC every year. So I wouldn't want it to be an every year thing. So what I thought in my head was that, like, all right, you'd have one year cupcake. And then second year, you know, start a home and home with somebody. Third year, maybe a neutral site game against somebody. And the level wouldn't have to be Ohio State's and Michigan's. I'd be fine with, like, the Iowa's or, hell, even a Cincinnati. Just something in the the out-of-conference. Michigan State. Something early in the year that's just not popcorn state that we can start looking forward to um, a little bit. And then, you know, year four, go back to Cupcake. Just easy. You know, you can kind of stack up wins. And then the final year is like the second game of the home and home where you make up the the, the other game. So I wouldn't want it to be every year, but I do think Kentucky, they should throw some bones to Kentucky fans. The program has taken that next step forward. I think we're ready for – for non-cupcake out-of-conference games, and especially if this Louisville series is trending the way that it's trending, Roush. Like, yeah. Kentucky because should I, be better for a good a good bit. I do foresee this, the Louisville situation, like they're going to end up being like Nebraska with their next coach whenever these games roll around, where they're like, oh, God, this guy's going <laughs> to – he's kind of struggling, and we're going to throw him to Georgia. Um, I will say I do miss the having the whole summer to get fired up over like the Louisville game. That was a lot of fun back in the day. Agreed. Uh, but um, but yeah, and and I, I, I like I'm willing to make some concessions on it, but also just Louisville, they're, they're taking it too far. Georgia, like they already play Clemson. Like that would be like if Kentucky played Alabama every year, and we're like you know what, we're gonna play Ohio State now too. Like it's just dumb. Like why would you just you only get so many games why are you picking one to lose <laughs> like that you that you don't have a chance in because if things are even remotely the same if Georgia's not on probation and even if at Louisville at their peak they probably don't stand a chance against Georgia well, they can be beat a Florida in a bowl game in the Sugar Bowl but early on in the year like God yeah, yeah, yeah. well what you of all fans would tell you is people said the same thing about Florida State and then they got the the rain game, and they tore down the goalposts. Uh, and they took they took a a beat down down in Tallahassee before that one. And then they'd remind you about the Miami game. And then they lost a heartbreaker down in Miami, but they beat Miami when they came to U of L. You just need one of them, and if you can beat Georgia, one that again is a huge trampoline of momentum. So I, I'm I, I, and also you can't compare like Kentucky, Alabama. An SEC schedule is different than an ACC schedule. Yes, U of L will play Clemson every single year, but they also will play Wake Forest. And yeah, yeah. And I would also say too to the people who'd be like, "Well, we beat Florida State and Miami twenty years ago." Yeah, you were also playing Southern Miss as your most difficult team too back then. Like well, that doesn't you, really have anything to do. with Yeah, physically, like you you can be much healthier for a game against a big oh, team. You know oh, what I mean? The healthier like, thing that's. That you, you can do better than that. Healthier, they'd be playing these teams at the beginning of the year, anyways. And secondly, healthier, who can, you know, you can get hurt anytime. 
I'm not. T- Damn it, TJ. There's physical wear and tear. You don't think you're tired or at the end of an SEC schedule than a conference like, USA one? I, I think like, come on. Like, that's I, apples I, and oranges. That's why Louisville has struggled with this step up to the ACC because of the physical demands of getting up for a, a good team each week. Not a great team, but like they play solid good teams every week. They're not playing poop states every week like they were in the Big East. Well, I just, I, I think that. You can do a lot better in your argument than being like, plus, the schedule's too tough from a physical toll. Like, come on. Your program needs to be able to handle the physicality of that. Yeah, but Louisville can't. That's why they suck. That's that's my point. Well, Louisville can't because they have nobody in the trenches. They're tiny. They're they're little boys. It has nothing to do with the wear and tear. They're just they're they're very small, um, very fragile. Exactly. So I, will, I just think it's fun to have games to look forward to to sport. You're supposed to. I get it. You're supposed to win. You want to win, but you can't beat the big boys if you don't schedule and try to play the big boys. Um, I don't blame them, but I get it. I, I will also add that I just love out of season scheduling talk. Um, the basketball war on us. Uh, especially when we complained about it and then it just blew up in our faces. So, um, well, not we specifically, but many Kentucky fans did. So I love good offseason, especially Kentucky football scheduling talk when they're doing well. Uh, and Louisville right now, they suck. And Satterfield's going to what? Go like, he'll be out of here in like three, two years, tops. So oh, suck no. it, Sweeney. Um, suck it, all of you. I was going to say, like, Seven months, probably. Yeah, months. yeah, it, it pro- yeah, that's probably more like it. I don't think it'll be this year. And they lost a little uh, Christian Fitzpatrick. He's transferred know, out of man. the program. That the UFL fans were just not happy about that. They shouldn't be. That was a huge deal when they got him. Yeah, and uh, as soon as his brother's gone, he's like, "Oh well, suck at Satterfield." And here's what's going to happen: is that like UFL won't be great. I. I I don't know about the teams on their schedule. It's the same ACC schedule. It seems like if they're road games, they're difficult. If they're home games, you feel better about them. Uh, that's pretty generic, I understand, but I don't know too much about like Wake Forest and Duke and mm-hmm. these other schools that they're going to play on their schedule. But they're going to be mediocre, and the attendance is going to be really, really bad. And I think the writing will be on the wall midway through the season that, like, all right, it's time to change. They have zero commits, which – you know, Kentucky only has three. That number is going to grow today, is it, or tomorrow? Uh, expected today. Today. Okay. And that's going to be a big-time commit for Kentucky. Kentucky only has three. That number is going to grow. But Louisville is zero. And I, I was talking with somebody that covers or that follows U L football recruiting a little bit more, and he was just like, I I don't know, like, who we feel great about either. Like, I, you know, <laughs> the, the, the staff, I guess, is saying that they're going to – they're going to be sure to hit the transfer market to kind of plug in the positions of need. And they do supposedly – they have a huge freshman class, so it's going to – like with transfers and stuff, I don't know. But it's going to be a smaller class just from the get-go. And my buddy was like, I'm concerned if your strategy is just like, hey, let's go get transfers. Because what's that What's that going to look down – you know, what's that going to look in three years when you have a class that only has, you know, a handful of actual freshmen coming into it? And that's a good point. So I think the writing's on the wall. It's not going to be a good year for U of L football. I think they're going to have some issues with U of L basketball, but that's a conversation for a different day, Roush. Mm-hmm. And uh, they could be doing a coaching search here soon enough. But that's the thing is they're they're not going to if they struggle early. So many fans are were already turned off by Satterfield flirting around with other jobs last year that they won't they'll stop showing up. 
And then you know the snowball effect that has when it's just empty stadium week in and week out. So I think things are going to not be pretty here soon for, no. for U of L football. I, I will say while we're on the football and I, I, we're getting close to daily double break, so I'm, I'll go ahead and bring up what happened with UK football yesterday. 11 guys worked out a pro day, and you'll never believe this, but Jamin Davis is a very good athlete. Are you shocked, Terry? Surprised? Tell me more. The 42-inch vertical leap was the one that I saw and was like, good gravy. Because the 40 times are very fast. I don't know how much faster, but they are certainly faster than what would be recorded at a combine. That's basically every pro day. They're just like, we're going to give you the fastest stopwatch times possible, even though they would not hold up at a combine. Still pretty fast. Like, if you can even get somebody to stopwatch you at a 437 like they did with Jamin Davis, that's nuts. You can't fudge around with a vertical leap number. Like, that's just measured. And he jumped 42 inches, which I think the highest at last year's combine, just by anybody, was 43 inches or 42 and a half inches. It was one of those. So, like, Jamin Davis just needed to, like, I mean, he didn't need to be an absolute freak, but he was yesterday. He fit the bill. He did well at his UK Pro Day. Back up the Brinks trucks. He's solidified himself as a first-round pick after those workouts. And then a couple other guys, I think, really helped themselves. Lane and Young and Brandon Eccles were both kind of fringy. I think in Eccles' case, he's undersized. He needed to prove that he has the athleticism to that that's worthy of a pick. He, he had some good production. He's great in space, showed a lot of fearlessness, but he's just short. Uh, and I think he showed yesterday that he does have the athleticism that can hold up in the NFL. He'll probably be a day a late, like you know, day three pick, along with Landon Young, who doesn't have a lot of pass blocking reps, and he's also is for as long as his arms are, he doesn't have that left tackle. Uh, he, he just doesn't quite fit the bill of a, of a tackle in every system in the NFL. So they might kick him down to guard, and he really trimmed down and still showed a ton of power, throwing up 34 uh, bench press reps. So I, I think he also was able to slide his way into the draft after being a fringe pick. So a great day for the Wildcats yesterday. Um, congrats to all. And it's, it's just kind of – Nice, TJ, that Pro Day is is turned into an event at UK, and that was not always something that Kentucky fans look forward to. You come for the Davis jumping numbers, and you stay for the Landon Young arm talk. Oh, yeah. And as Stu said, too, 32 or 34 bench press reps? I think it was 32. Not easy when you got really long arms as well. So that's something to think about. That's why my bench press always sucked, Terry. That was at least what I told people. Hey, whatever works. All right, we're doing the daily double dip. We'll come back. Hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. We got a full text line to get to. A lot of uh, other topics as well. NCAA, MLB opening day. This is KRC on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. 
Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call Roll here on Big Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your Thursday morning, April 1st, 2021. Be on the lookout for April Fool's Day pranks, but not here, Roush. This is a safe space. Yes, uh, a safe zone just like the many on college campuses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Weird, weird, weird reference, but that works. We'll we'll chalk it up. Uh, yeah, I, that was I'll, that's a little dated. That's like 2019, maybe. Yes. Are you are you a green dot? Oh, that's uh, yes, green dot, not red dot. Yes, only that's, which what that's... a what a horrible way to like. <laughs> we're going to we're going to just classify good. No, not even good people. We're going to classify normal humans as green dots, but then like creepy predators as just red dots. Like, no, that is way too nice way to church it up. Like, no, you're being a sexual predator, you jerk. No, no, that person over there, they, they're a red dot. You got to stay away from them. It was very funny to talk about. Like, who's going to be a red dot tonight? Like, those are very bad jokes. But in oh. college, you had to make light of that because it was so dumb. Oh, wow. we didn't. No, we didn't make those jokes. <laughs> oh God, you just suck it, pal. And if you have no idea what we're referring to, real quick, uh, in college, UK's campaign to their students was like, "Green Dot was somebody you could trust. You could like wear actually like a shirt that was a big green dot, and uh, it was like somebody that could like walk you home from a party or something like that. Uh, but then if you saw somebody creepy, you called them red dots." And that means you stayed away from them. But there was, you know, you couldn't, it wasn't like, you know, like the uh, the scarlet letter that people had to like go around wearing red shirts if they were predators or something like that. It wasn't right. That, that would make it too way too easy. Uh, absolutely. But uh, so that's, that's what we're referring to. Roush, sometimes I forget that not everybody was uh, at UK in 2009, 2010, 2011. Yeah, and I believe, I don't know if that was a, was that a class for everybody or did they just make all the fraternities and sororities go through those classes? Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, either either way, they were, it was good that they were doing something to like teach people to not be creepy weirdo freaks, but also just... It's, it's kind of like when you go back and watch, um, like, The Office, when they have the sexual harassment, like, video. Like, those videos are just always going to end up being awkward. There's no way around it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on about that. Uh, I was going to take it into an ad read, but maybe we'll wait. <laughs> we probably probably should, but why don't we take it to the text line, Terry? Exactly. The unsponsored text line, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. And let's see what we got for the first text for today. Was wondering what the deal with that deleted Zigarowski tweet was as well. Haven't seen it anywhere else. That was just what you mentioned yesterday about the Creighton kid. That Big Blue Express was like, oh, keep an eye out. But nothing ever came from it and it was deleted. Yeah. So, well, that's what they're referring to, that texter. But Marcus Zagorowski came out and said... I'm not sure where this came about, but I want to clarify the rumor going around about me entering the transfer portal are completely false, which, oh man, it would have been a huge, like that would, that would be a big one in the portal. He is a awesome, awesome basketball player, but he follows it up Roush, which bring out the bone saw it's Twitter autopsy time. 
He says, any decision about my future will come from me. To ever spread that rumor, please respect that. So while he says that the rumors going around about him entering the transfer portal are completely false, he says, I'll tell you what I am doing, though, and I'll do that later. <laughs> I love so, that he basically so gave a respect my decision that I'm not making, but Emma, who knows? Stop, stop, stop starting rumors about me. I'll let you know what's actually true later. That's that's how that's how it basically reads. So yeah. I, I guess be patient with this. And I think even like the Big Blue Express was like something about like patience or I got ahead of myself or whatever it was. So uh, interesting. All the same, I I, I think something's brewing. I, I I and don't hold me to that. You know, don't hold me to that. I'm wrong all the time, but. Um, I thought after they got that, the Grady commitment, was that on Monday or was that Tuesday or whatever day it was? I don't know. Monday. Yeah, Monday. When it was, this week seems like it's kind of been long, if we're going to be honest. But mon- so if it was Monday, I thought it'd be this, within the week. So now we're at Thursday, still have, so it's only Thursday. But I, I still think we'll get something. It could end up being two weeks. Who knows? But um and I don't know who – I have no idea who it is. I just know that they think everything was going to kind of fall into place sooner than later. And I will say this, Roush, you know, when in, in the year that's going to just shatter the record of transfers ever, Kentucky really smart not to go to the tournament because we kind of got a head start. Oh, yeah. It was – it's like Nick Saban whenever he loses early, just more time to recruit. So, good job. Exactly. Cal. Way to go, Cal. That's a galaxy brain right there. Get a, get ahead of the get ahead of the other programs that mm-hmm. are in the tournament by getting the picking the pieces and seeing what, what we want. That is kind of crazy. Is that like you know you know Gonzaga is going to get a transfer or two, but they have to wait till probably Tuesday to be mm-hmm. able to really focus. And, and of course, people can still talk and 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 touch base with, but their focus is clearly going to be on the team. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really probably not that huge of advantage, but it's fun to joke about. No, it really is. It really is. Um, one texter says, uh, he's, he's, he wants Gonzaga heartbreaks His best case scenario. In my opinion is Houston beats Baylor. Gonzaga beats UCLA and Houston wins the natty on a last second shot to rip the hearts and Fu Manchus out of those swaggy zaggies right out of their bleeping chests and faces. I like watching Gonzaga, but please, no undefeated season. Suck it, Timmy, with your stupid dunk celebration. I thought he was going to, like, I, I think the Houston shout-out, uh, I think he was going to allude to a little bit of karma, you know, almost 30 years later after they lost on a last-second kind of fluky shot to NC State, that the tables would be turned because the uh, even though that Houston team, I don't believe they were undefeated. They had a similar Gonzaga vibe about them where they were a huge powerhouse and then they got upset by this upstart team. That The, the tables could be turned. That's, I think this texture spot on. That would be the best case scenario for how the rest of the tournament can play out. Uh, we didn't want UCLA going to the Final Four, but whatever, they're there. Definitely can't afford them winning the championship. I don't think we have to worry about that. They're clearly the worst team at the Final Four, and they're going up against the best team at the Final Four. So I'm not worried about UCLA winning it at all. 
I don't. I also don't want a Gonzaga undefeated season either. So I agree with the texter. Uh, next texter says TJ just leaks House of Blue info on Kentucky roll call routinely. He's Matt Jones 2.0. Uh, in which case, I responded back with the person. I think that they were kind of joking, but maybe they were also being truthful. I will always be sure to cite when I am. And and how there's great info on House of Blue. It's great stuff. I. I Justin, I think uh, he hasn't told me as much, but I think that he probably doesn't mind that I bring up Cats Illustrated because it uh, just like Roush brings up Kentucky Sports Radio, it's nice to be talked about and and it's a little publicity. But it's a good message board and there's plenty of uh, good info. I'll never pass it off as my own though. If I ever do that, then I then please do call me out on it because I won't ever do that intentionally. But I will sometimes Roush bring up conversations. Uh, or things that are being talked about at House of Blue, but that's just what UK fans are talking about. That's on well, Twitter as well. Yeah, it, that's you're talking about UK news from a UK site. What? That's weird. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, by oh yeah, man. There's a really funny speaking. Like I wanted to have something from House of Blue that, like, when this person texted in, I could be like, oh, speaking of House of Blue, and uh, <laughs> but the only semi interesting thing that that really jumped out of me was have you heard like the so that papa john stuff is pretty wild that a texter sent that in yesterday when we ended the show but yeah. like papa john's day of reckoning might be here it, it may be here not to really get into the like the the total weeds of it but like that company was trying i don't know if you listen to the audio recordings or not roush i did the company definitely was just like out to get him. Like they just, <laughs> they clearly did not like him for whatever reason. So there's a rumor. Uh, so if you didn't see that, I, I can't believe more people aren't talking about that. And people may be like, Oh, who cares? He's still a slime bag. He's got so much money. I still, that, that that's just kind of like grosses me out that somebody can have their company that they built from the ground up taken away from them, but neither here nor there, but there's a rumor have you seen the Tom Jurich, Papa John's rumors? Um, I just saw recently that Patino was pushing for Tom Jurich to get hired. So one would presume that he's jockeying for a position somewhere and is using some goodwill Patino built up in the NCAA tournament to try to make that happen. So it's uh, it's it doesn't have to do with Patino necessarily. But the the rumor is, and we can just you know we can always just it's probably I would say it's ninety nine percent not actually I can say it's one hundred percent not true, but it's still a fun one, and it's April Fool it's April Fool's Day if nothing else, right? Okay, yeah. That Jurich and Papa John's had a falling out, and it kind of stemmed from Jurich was like working with Adidas because he wanted more Adidas money. So he kept kind of pushing Papa John's to the side because there was bigger fish to fry with Adidas. So Papa John's felt a little scorned. And he, the rumor is, and this is why you know it's just not true, is that Papa John's leaked what was going on within the basketball program to people at the NCAA. So then to get back at Papa John, Tom Jurich was behind the Laundry LLC. That was like the PR company that worked with uh, Papa John's, whatever it was. That, Pop, that, that was all just a plant from Jurich just to get back at Papa John. And so those two have gone at it. Uh, here's what here's actually what I here's what I think. I mean, it's not a wild what yeah. that, that, is, that is such a wild connect the dots. I they, actually appreciate that somebody did that. 
that they could piece together the craziness. Like, well, that. that's that's why it was so fun. Um, they did have a falling out. Like those two did not like each other, and they both. <laughs> what a uh, shock! <laughs> Tom Jurich, if nothing else, was very vindictive. So. I could uh, I, I could see him trying to get revenge, but no, you know it's a, that's that's a, if, if that ended up being true, Roush, they need to make a movie about it. <laughs> Seriously, that's like that that's some wild HBO kind of miniseries type stuff right there. Yeah, but my my buddy did like mention though, just like think about it. Back in the day at U of L, you had Ramsey, George, Patino, Petrino, Papa John as one of the big donors. Yeah, you know, like just think of that cast of characters just running the city, man, doing, the- doing what they wanted, answering to nobody, and then every single one of them got fired. And the thing is, they were basically. It, it does remind you of like a mob movie where it, like, it the, does. They all just get like taken out, except instead of getting fired, they get whacked. Um, HBO is is supposedly doing a a like dramatization of Showtime Lakers. They really need a like Showtime Cardinals, you know that 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 would be one heck of a series. I mean, you've got the nudity, you've got strippers. I mean, like just all sorts of salacious stuff going on. And the fun, like they, they, they someday we'll look back at that and and, and talk about it. And because it just everybody was kind of just bending the rules and some people just probably breaking the laws, to be honest with you, and doing things their own way. But they they had results to show for it. So, like, nobody really turned their head at it. And then everybody just kind of looked out for each other because, like, Ramsey and Jurich were boys. Patino, Mm -hmm. Ramsey, Jurich, they were all – everybody was just – as long as you're getting paid and you were winning and the university was improving – who cares? And then, like, there was just so much stuff, Roush, where people would be like, um, this doesn't seem right. Like, this kind of seems fishy. Uh, this doesn't seem normal. You, you have all asking for money at gas stations. It's like, all right, what, what, <laughs> what do we, what do we got going on here? And then it, one of two things would happen. Either people would be like, eh, the university's doing a lot better. Who cares? Or they'd be like, why are you questioning what's going on? Are you a bad U of L fan? Like, do, do you hate U of L? Are you a UK plant? So it was like, if you brought it up, either you were ignored or you did the ignoring because you didn't really care. And then it finally got to a point where it was like, all right, this is too much. And finally, people started reporting on all the happenings. They almost lost their accreditation, Roush. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> That's a huge deal. Man, all right. Love back, it. To the, back to the text line. Also, Samson wins a title in Indy while IU stays sucking. That goes back to the person in the best-case scenario. Yeah, that would be funny. I guess Greg Doyle would lose his mind. Let me just say this again. Do not buy the narrative that Kelvin Sampson ruined the IU program. I don't know if Justin's like pulling out his hair or what he's doing in studio. Do not buy that narrative. That is a false narrative. IU stunk because nobody wanted to play for Tom Crean. IU got off easy. No postseason ban and one scholarship reduction they had they they did a self-imposed two scholarship ban so it ended up being three total which is not ideal for for a program but the two self-imposed didn't have to do with kelvin sampson's cheating it had to do with kelvin sampson not having his players go to class enough which is you know falls a little bit on kelvin sampson but they didn't have to they didn't have to self-impose those two extra scholarships no postseason ban and even worst case if you did have three scholarships I think it was only for 
I think the two were only for a year. But regardless, Roush, that would be no excuse for IU's lack of success for the last almost two decades now. Nope. There's plenty of other reasons why they stink. And a lot of it, I think, is their infatuation with uh, Indiana players and uh, your Jordan Halses of the world. And also just, you know, keeping your coaches around for too long. Like, hell, Justin was even willing to give Archie another year. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Although ten million dollars for Mike Woodson, eh, maybe 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 Archie, and then the mass exodus. Now we'll see if they can get their players back. Um, we'll we'll see, but IU suck it, buddy. Gonzaga Gonzaga is not a mid major themselves, but they did play a mid major conference schedule. You can't ignore that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they they clearly always play a pretty easy conference schedule. BYU is consistently their only difficult game yep that's true uh one texture says i can't wait till georgia absolutely obliterates uofl by 30 plus they're so incredibly bad it's actually hilarious my favorite uh response to a tweet in one of these is oh louisville scheduling them for when georgia goes on probation and they did like the head tap emoji so you know who knows the the turntables may be turned five years from now that's you, know, you you really do never know. Uh, and then with the Gonzaga mid-major thing, this has nothing to do with what the texture is talking about, but this just kind of bugs me, so I wanted to bring it up. I hate when people get offended by the term mid-major. Yeah, why That's should what, you? Like because it, it's just it's factual. Like mid-majors don't have the same resources but that most the don't even have. most don't even play football. Yeah, so like Gonzaga <laughs> is technically a mid-major. Clearly, they're one of the top programs in college basketball, but they are in a mid-major conference. Thus, they are a mid-major power. It's it's almost like a badge of honor, to be honest with you. If you can be a good mid-major, that means you're kind of overcoming a lot of odds that are stacked against you. Suck at people, they get offended by that. It's not a term of like saying the program can't do stuff. It means they don't usually have the same resources, but they're capable of doing whatever, as we've seen with Loyola and Gonzaga and all these other programs. Same thing applies to like Butler with Brad Stevens. They were in the Final Four back-to-back years, but they were still in a mid-major conference. Uh, Yes, Justin, suck it. I mentioned Brad Stevens. Suck it. Um, Could be you. Could be you, but it's not. Uh, Texture says the last Big Ten team to win a title wasn't in the Big Ten when they won it. That's a great text. People forget Maryland. This is Maryland? That's how long it's been? Yeah, because Michigan State's technically the last Big Ten champ in 2000 over Florida. Man, how embarrassing. Maryland, I think, was 0-2 with Juan Dixon and uh, Steve Blake. People think that Steve Francis was on that team. He was not. He was. He had just left, I believe. The year before. So people forget that. There's been just so many good Big Ten teams too since then. No, so not, not, not great ones though, because they all lost. But like the thing is though, they had teams that you thought would be great, but if you don't, you know, kind of win at all, what else can you say? Odin like and that, Mike Conley, those teams, like Ohio State had a ton. Ohio State had some. I mean, IU, the Zeller 13 team was legitimately a good IU team, but they, they the zone beat them, knocked them out of the tournament. Uh, uh, just Michigan went Sucked. to oh, – I, I guess technically, does Michigan get a title? No, they don't get that title, unfortunately. Oh, well. Yeah, Michigan's had good teams as well, but sheesh. Suck it, mm-hmm. Big Ten. Texter says, I think Hagens was a reclass. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that he, he absolutely was because that's why Kentucky didn't really like – 
they didn't know if Higgins was really a UK caliber or not. And then kind of things changed and they ended up pulling him in. But uh, yeah, he was as well. Good, good point, well, Dexter. And he also had Quade that like kind of like he started the season and let Higgins break in. And then once Higgins kind of stepped on the scene, Quade was like, see you later. Sayonara. Well, no, they, they weren't together. Well, oh, but no, you're Quad- there. Yeah, because he left. He left in December. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if they came in the same class or if Hagen's was a year after. Quade only lasted one semester, or did he do a year in a semester? He yeah, did he a did year a year in a semester. semester. Yeah, so he yeah. he was the guy. He was thought to be the guy when it was uh, Tremont Waters and yeah. Trey Young and Quade Green, and they thought, all right, we like Quade a lot. They did like his game. Uh, I think they were a little wrong about how good he could be. They didn't like his game, but they thought, all right, this is really going to help us with Mo Bamba, too. So yeah, let's Quade, bring Quade. He was the best player at the Peach Jam that year, too. He was. But, you and I, I watched mean, a lot of those games together, and uh, he certainly was. So they brought him in, and then Shea just quickly, it was clear he was the better option. And that surprised a lot of people. So then Shea took over. And then it was like, all right, Quade coming back for a sophomore year. It's nice to have a returning guard. There was there was things to like in his year, but he needs to take a, a step forward. And then it was very quickly that it was like, Oh, Hagan's at least provides better defense and you have enough offense in some other areas where, yeah. And then Quade kind of realized what was coming and he left in December. Uh, man, turning back the page. I guess that, I guess technically, uh, Askew could fit that bill if things don't go according to plan next year. Remember when people used to like freak out about people transferring from Kentucky? Like, oh my gosh, is something wrong with Cal? Is he running these guys off? And now there's like a billion people in the transfer portal. Of course. I yeah. mean, you see what you're saying is people overreact when something happens with Cal. Yeah. <sighs> shocking, shocking. I know. And right? It's also funny that like people don't like. You know, Johnny's just saying, how can you let him get away? But then, like, we don't hear anything with Quade Green. We don't no. we're not we, we haven't heard anything with Baker. He's transferring again. It's like, why do you let the good ones transfer away? But the ones that aren't good, okay, yeah, that's fine to let them leave. And, and people weren't even really that loud about Charles Matthews either when he was in and did he go to the national championship with them or just a final four? I think they, it was just a final four. But yeah, he whatever. was like the most outstanding player of their region or whatever. Um, and people really, I mean, they rose a little bit of a stink, but not like this year, which you're saying. And you know what the difference is, TJ? This year's team stunk. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's the yeah. only difference. Yep. No no doubt about it. And I get it. Like, we all wish Johnny Juzang would have stayed. But, I mean, sheesh, folks, just looking mm-hmm. to be miserable. Uh, Texter says, uh, where are we? I've just lost. Kispert is a senior and a potential lottery pick. They have guys like Nimhard who started at Florida, but is a role player for the Zags. My guess is that Gonzaga has at least one loss that they played a major conference schedule. Uh, and but, another person has a Kispert take, so I'll do it, share it. Kispert would have been a matchup problem for 2015. UK, I like Decker. Harrison's can match up with Suggs. And we could throw Cat and Willie Collie Stein at Timmy. One of the best offenses ever versus one of the best defenses ever would be a fun one. Totally agree with that. And I, the first part of that text, I agree with both both points. Like, Gonzaga is stupid loaded. They are a really, really good team across the board. And I also agree that if they played a major schedule, they probably would have had a slip-up because that's just what happens, Roush. And they well, maybe would have benefited a little bit more. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. Well, that's, that's true, too. Yeah, eight more, eight fewer games, and you would assume if it was against a major college conference schedule – 
if if all eight of those were power five opponents versus the teams they play in the WAC or whatever conference they're in, that makes a difference. I mean, Kentucky almost lost to an LSU team coached by Johnny Jones, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. So it, w- it would have been a really fun game. I just, you know, you can't be the the stupid UK fan. Well, I shouldn't call you stupid. You shouldn't be the naive UK fan that doesn't think that Gonzaga wouldn't beat Kentucky at all. But uh, I do think Kentucky would beat Gonzaga as well if they played a series. But you know what? That's what heaven is, is you just get to do hypothetical matchups for, uh, for eternity. All you want. Uh, you could get the best Roman five of the year 122 versus the 2015 Kentucky team and see how that worked out. Was looking through the past Final Four games last night and remembered when Villanova beat Oklahoma by 45. Oh, man. And I'm reminded of that, too, because I'm in Ohio. And we watched that game in Ohio. Her friends had this big, they called it their America party. They used to have every year before they all started having a bunch of kids. And I had a handlebar mustache. I was very excited to watch these games and party. And then it was a 45-point blowout. Sounds like good, clean fun. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, Except for the 45-point blowout. Do you remember the 2000, was it eight Final Four, where Kansas got up like by a billion on UNC, but then UNC kind of like came back a little bit. I think Kansas got up like 40 to 10 or something like that. And then uh, North Carolina, I think, I don't remember exactly all the details, but I thought North Carolina got it kind of close, but they still got, they still got waxed. You remember that? Am I going crazy? I don't remember that one. Um, but like, I think the overall point, I mean, Kansas wax Marquette, you know, back in 03, is that even though the spread is huge for this Gonzaga-UCLA game, we aren't immune to huge Final Four blowouts. Like, they've, there's been plenty of them. Yeah, uh, it's and that's crazy to me, too, that, like, you could have. But it, it's clearly, like, probably one team kind of being happy to be there and just either running out of gas, whatever it may be, and then another team that just has that little extra oomph left in it. Uh, can always lead to to good old. What's Kentucky's biggest Final Four win in history? I wonder what that is. Whew. Uh, Have we ever seen a blowout in our life? Not did not ninety six, not ninety eight. Definitely not uh, ninety eight. What was the ninety six one? Ninety six was UMass, and then they lost. Uh, and then thought, they, then oh they beat no. Syracuse in the championship. I'm thinking then, UMass was Sweet 16. The 97, who was it? Was it Mississippi State? And then they lost to Arizona. Who'd they, be, who'd they beat in the Final Four? Mm, great question. People, just, older Kentucky fans are just like, and I'm embarrassed. You know, I should know that stuff. Uh, Yeah, I'm trying to even think recent years, too, because that – um. You know, it was a game-winning shot against Wisconsin. <laughs> so, like, they, I think they have mostly been close. Um, maybe seventy-eight. I don't, I don't remember watching that documentary. Them talking too much about that, um, that year. So, I don't know. Maybe then. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably been some at some point in in the history of uh, you know sports and whatnot. Kentucky beat Minnesota. Ah, ha. knew it began with an M though. Oh yeah, Golden Gophers and um and then Arizona Juan Kruger? Yeah. Juan Kruger, I think. Is this sound right? Don't know. Uh, we've already embarrassed ourselves enough. Let's just get back to the text line. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Saw someone tweet UCLA had the sixth highest highest percentage of long twos in college basketball this year. Shows you what wins in March. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. And they beat Alabama too. <laughs> 
the the NCAA <laughs> tournament is where narratives go to die. Oh god, that's hilarious. <laughs> Mick Cronin. Yeah, I mean, genius like, offensive mind. We can all just suck it. <laughs> oh, April Fools! <laughs> go, yeah, they just went to the final four, scoring fifty-one points. <laughs> Go look at individual Kinpom numbers for that 2018 Villanova team. Insane efficiency. Yeah, that 18 Villanova team also very good. Very good. I think, you know, if you're going back in the last and, and that 13 Louisville team was good as well. Uh make make no mistake about it. Now I you know, what are what are the things that these final four teams have in common, Roush, that like if we wanted to say, hey, you know, the makeup of a good Final Four team. They all you have to be able to defend. Yes, Zaga that's true. is obviously just freakish offensively, but they'll they'll play up tempo. But make no mistake about it, if they got to kind of get in the half court and lock down, they do a good job at that as well. And then Houston, Baylor, and UCLA—that's almost their identities—is is defense. So you got to yeah. be able to defend. And then each one of those teams have go-to guys. You got to have somebody that you can trust to go get you buckets if you have to. Uh, that's what we'll look for next year for Kentucky. Is yeah. that great? Is that Grady? Is that somebody in the interior? I don't know. Uh, is it a transfer that's not on the roster yet? That that could also be the case. But you got to have a go-to guy, and you got to be able to defend every one of these Final Four teams. You can say those two things about. I think I found the biggest blowout, by the way, too. Uh, and that the was caps? yeah, 1975. After they beat undefeated Indiana, they beat Syracuse by 16. No, excuse me. Yeah, 16. Oh, okay. 95-79. Pretty, that's, you know, pretty significant win without a three-point line. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, I just, we, we've never, like, seen a close Final Four win in our life, and I just feel like that, how, you know how nervous you are Final Four week and all that stuff? Just to have, like, a... A blowout would be nice. A blowout. Can you imagine the party? Like, you just, it'd be so much fun. Uh, or a blowout national championship game, that'd be great, too. Which, in hindsight, 2012 was... I mean, it was a buffer zone the entire way, but it's a national title game. You're never – no lead is safe, you know? You're on pins Absolutely. and needles until that bad boy's over. You really are. Uh, Kentucky's got to get back to it. I miss it. I miss it so bad. McDonald's in Mount Washington has the best and quickest service of any fast food restaurant in a 50-mile area. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm Suck not, it, Justin. I'm not buying that because Chick-fil-A's just have it down to a science. They are. It's just nutty how good Chick-fil-A's are when it comes to uh, to that sort of deal. But I've been to McDonald's that are phenomenal as well. So, uh, you know, I, I don't doubt that there's a great one. Justin can suck it. <laughs> yep, suck it, Justin. And you can't even retort right now, pal. So, oh, holy, holy crap. Shout out to Roush on spicy chicken biscuit take. That egg white is trash and did take it off the menu. It's chapped me for quite some time now. Thanks for the call out. The spicy biscuit was the move. It was my favorite thing they did, and I'm, I miss it dearly to this day. I like the spicy chicken biscuit as well, but the grilled chicken healthy thing is good. It's it's good for you. That's what's most important. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not good for you. Yeah, it's just like relatively No, it's grilled less chicken. It's, it's, good. it's good for you. It's <laughs> great to put in your body to start your morning. Oh, I may go get one right now. Oh, really? Well, why don't we take a break? You go get one, and then we can wrap up the show. That sounds good. We'll do that. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen.
Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Don't worry, I got an idea. An idea so smart, my head would explode if I even began to know what I was talking about. Rappers stepping to me, they want to get some. But I'm the cane, so yo, you know the outcome. Another victory, they can't get with me. So pick a BC day, cause you're history. I'm the authentic poet. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Want to remind you about Genesis Diamond Spring Extravaganza. Not this weekend. We're just eight days away. It's next weekend, April 9th, 10th, and 11th. Three days of mind-blowing savings from Louisville's favorite jeweler. They put this on one time a year. They didn't get to do it last year because of the pandemic, so they're even making it more extravagant. Rings, earrings, pendants, bracelets, colored gemstone jewelry, and designer bridal and fashion jewelry. Every certified diamond is going to be on sale, maybe even up to 35% off on some of these bad boys. You're going to want to check it out. People fly from all over for this spring extravaganza. It's just in your backyard here in Louisville. They're on Shelbyville Road. That's Genesis Diamonds. That's next weekend. Do not forget it. Write it down. It's time to pony up and get your significant other something good or, heck, get something nice for yourself. You've earned it, too, and you've earned it so much, you may as well save a little money. Keep that for yourself. That's why you go to the spring extravaganza. They're on Shelbyville Road. Those are our friends at Genesis Diamonds, the official jeweler of UK. Did, uh, and Kentucky did you Roll see, Call, I guess. Did you see what happened in Sweet 16 yesterday, TJ? Uh, Ballard won. Yes, Ballard won and covered. So did Bowling Green. Uh, you know, it was a pretty uneventful first day. Uh, Oldham County in the eighth region got knocked out, but uh, Butchery from Bowling Green hit a heave from just beyond half court. I mean, it was basically a three quarter court shot. Made it on Sports Center. So shout out to to Butchery from Bowling Green. He's the EKU Colonel signee. Uh, him along with UK football signee Jordan Dingle. They're going to take on Ballard in the next round. And I, I think whoever wins that game will be in the driver's seat to to win this whole thing, TJ. Okay, something. When, when is that? That's on Friday? Yeah, that'll be tomorrow. Um, we got four games today. I know Bullet East is one of them. I don't have them right in front of me right now, unfortunately. I tried pulling up the schedule, but that's what I get for. Well, make sure that you you guys are all following uh, Jason Frakes in the Courier-Journal. They're doing a great job covering this stuff on the Sweet 16. They've been all over it from the jump. And Kentucky Sports no, Radio. No. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Zach's video was actually the one on Sports Center, but they used somebody else's tweet of it, which uh, oh, pretty lame. Yeah. So that means they probably told that person, like, "Hey, we love that video. Can we use it?" Because they usually do ask. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So whatever that person was just like, uh, yes, <laughs> you can. I'm telling you that you absolutely can. Uh, well, that's pretty cool. No, you but, all have done a great job. And so go to KentuckySportsRadio.com for your Sweet 16 coverage. Board East McCracken is at two. And then I think Knox Central Blazer could be pretty decent. But Knox Central, they got they got that big boy that's an eighth grader, Chadwell. I, he's he's an absolute hoss cat, um, which that will lead me to talking about Dakota Patterson from Corbin. I believe Knox Central knocked him out. Dakota Patterson from Corbin, Travion Longmire's younger teammate, uh, 24-7 now ranks him as the number 76 play, football recruit in America in that rising junior class. So he's another big-time target you got to keep an eye out for. Okay, that, that's a, a good call there from Roush. Again, 
KentuckySportsRadio.com doing a good job with the high school coverage. A texter with the important question, have you all had the new Dunkaroos? I was jacked when they were coming back, but they don't hit the same. I have not, but that's my issue, Roush. I feel like we hear about these cool things that are coming back or these remakes and all this fun stuff, and then I like you you never really hear when they're actually back. You hear about them coming back. Oh, it's a great press them. release. Yeah, yeah but like I'm not going to go out and buy Surge just because it's back. Like it's disgusting. But I, I'd like to try the new Dunkaroos, but now I'm now I'm scared. Well, and I'm I'm wondering too if they actually aren't like if if it doesn't taste as good or if you're just not a child anymore. You know, like, is that, is that the difference in all of this? Uh, no, cause I still like very childish foods. I think oh, that's, that's pretty, pretty very evident. evident. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there an echo? Uh, the, <laughs> the Grozowski dream is dead. What a shame. Well, Zagorowski is not that difficult of a name to say to TJ. Who says that, that it's a difficult name to say? I don't know why you, you just you, can't pronounce it. This is just South. This is just South End elitist Roush that says if you pronounce <laughs> things differently than him, that it's not the way to do it. My way or the highway, pal. Take it or leave it. <laughs> I uh, well, I was going to say something, but I, I uh, best best not. Hmm. But the um, texter, what are you talking? What are you talking about, buddy? He's just saying there's no chance, even though he did say respect my decision before making his decision. I, well, I just wondered if there was like a new piece of information because that tweet, you, you like, I listen, are the odds that he ends up and plays at Kentucky that high? Probably not. You know, that's what we said with Carr. Well, I think that that's what Kentucky would want and could use and could need. Like, again, the odds are it probably won't happen. So was Zigorowski, the odds are that it probably won't happen. But uh, I don't think those tweets were strong indications that he's not leaving Creighton. Next texter says, Sweeney took a massive shot at Roush on the hyperbole today. Radio wars. Wow. What was wow. the massive shot? Wow. Wow. I, it was probably, he was quote tweeting me on whatever Vince Merrill said on the pro day broadcast about the next steps beating Georgia. And he's like, well, they can keep saying it because if they lose, it's just whatever. And if they win, then it's a big deal. And it's I, like, I, saw, I saw that tweet and I almost tweeted him back, but I'm, I'm, I'm not tweeting as much and, and life is better because of it. I still tweet some obviously here and there. And when there's UK news and there's transfers and I get excited about all that good stuff, then I'll tweet a lot more. But in terms of like the Twitter fights and stuff, not not going to do as much as, as that just because it's a waste of time. But I almost did respond back to Sweeney and be like, so the option is beat Georgia or get fired? Is that what you're insinuating here? Yeah, and it's just it goes back to how Sweeney's brain works where it's like everything is all about how expectations and how you look at it and all this. Like, dude, no, like that we don't have to frame sports in such a weird way. I just I don't like the way he does that. It just See, well, it, it no. Me. What we talk about that we kind of poke fun at them for is that like, ha, you got excited for this team and you thought that yeah. they were going to win X amount of games, but they only won Y amount of games. Right. Ha, 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 ha. You are a fool and you were let down by being exciting, which Roush bringing the show full circle here. That's why I just think it's I think you're like scheduling shtick is so weird because it's like, who cares? It's fun. It's sports. Like, you're supposed to have fun with it. We always kind of poke some fun at the hyperbole because it's like, you had fun and you shouldn't have. Loser. Like, it's sports, folks. Like, it's a good time. Have fun with it. Yeah, and I have more fun when Kentucky wins more games. Um, I enjoy blowouts very much over bad teams. 
And I also think that there's a big difference between a seven win season and an eight win season or an eight win season and a nine win season. Like there's a huge about about a game. Yeah, huge difference. Um, Because in Kentucky's case, you had it, it took 36 years. I think in between eight win seasons, but only 10 years between a seven win. Like there, there's a very big jump between those differentiating bars. Uh, and our perception of Mark Stoops would have been a lot different if he had uh, one fewer win. And uh, I, I guess they got that upset of Louisville. So that, that wasn't the case. But like when you go from a six win season to a seven or a five to a six, like that's just huge. So I don't, I mean, it's just literally not, but I'm not going to argue with you on it. It's a game. Who cares? Um, it's one game. Not sure if it will be public by the time the show starts, but Grant Bingham, the four-star offense lineman from Johnson Central, committed to UK over Notre Dame. That's the player that the big dog was referring to in the tweet. Scoop, K-R-C, K-R-C, K-R-C. No, I think he was going, Scoop, K-R-C, Scoop, K-R-C, Scoop, Chaka-laka, 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 chaka Scoop. Come on, you're not going to... Okay. No, no, he could have been doing that too, I guess. Yeah. Wait, what do you what, what do you think he may have been doing? No, nah, no, I'm not not oh, falling for it. Oh, why um, didn't you sing it, along, buddy? Like, it, why you didn't do sing along on the KRC chant? Because I, I was trying to do scoop shaka laka shaka laka shaka. It's such a great commercial. Really love it. But uh, if it is Grant Bingham, which many people are saying that maybe it is, that'd be that a pretty be, big commitment. That would be huge. To yeah. be able to keep a guy, because like I said earlier, Notre Dame and Alabama, they've been they've been pests coming in and taking players. They took our players. Uh, if if Kentucky can get Bingham uh, in Lexington, that would be enormous. Texter says, "Could you all do the blazing challenge at B Dubs?" So I like B Dubs blazing wings. I tried the challenge when I was in college once, and I did do it, but I threw up. And I was uh, miserable. I was like sick as a dog, like for just, you know, an hour. Like, I, I, I but I can handle it now. Um, I, I was going to say, I could see you, you, you uh, that was the compliment I gave you. When, like, you could handle the blazing, I think. I don't, I don't know if I would want to. Like, it just oh, doesn't. It's still miserable for me. Yeah. But like, I, I could, I, I could do it. Did you ever see there's a Netflix show about weird sports and, I man, I forget the name of it. The first episode is where they sprint down this like 90 degree slope of a hill in England. And that's hilarious. But they also have one where they document people who just go to the hot pepper eating con- competitions. And I, you're just watching people torture themselves. Like, I don't, I don't understand the allure of eating something that hot that makes you miserable. I guess it's, you know, like anything that's kind of either dangerous or miserable. It's just kind of a thrill to see if you can do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I like hot wings, but I don't I don't think I would do the blazing one. I, I'm not dumb enough. I, I think the, that, that window is passed for me. I did the ghost reaper thing at Salsaritas. They had some ghost pepper reaper, ghost chili reaper pepper. I forget the names of them all. And mm-hmm. I, I I tried a little bit of it. I think the guy's world record is like eating three of them or something nuts or something. But uh, so I had like a little bit of a pepper. Mm-hmm. It was confirmed hot, believe it or not. <laughs> Ooh, one texture says, FYI, White Castle has the best mozzarella sticks in the game. Arby's mozzarella sticks are second. Get the hell out. You got it backwards. Arby's is first. Arby's is the only one that you will consistently have like the cheese drip, as the kids say. Uh, but it's also literally factual where like the cheese just kind of drips down, you know. And uh, 
White Castle is very clearly for, I mean, they're all frozen, if we're going to be honest. White Castle, you can get the cheese drip, but it's probably 70 30. You won't. Sonic, you can go ahead and guarantee you're never going to get the cheese drip. Sonics are not great, but they were still a million times better than McDonald's when McDonald's had mozzarella sticks for like a day. Yeah, There's your the mozzarella sticks just... power rankings, but I'll update them next week. The cheese like just fell out of the breading. <laughs> the weird thing is, like multiple people said that it gave them really bad gas, and uh, I, doing a journalistic project, could confirm. Okay, good, good, good. Thanks for your service, sir. A texture says, if y'all like donuts, try duck donuts in St. Matthews. TJ, the Courier Journal did something that makes me almost like want to out of spite never go there because. <laughs> 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 they did an article how are donut shops doing during the pandemic and first off this article was made like a year later so i mean you're kind of late to this buddy like the, those articles should have been written like four or five months into the pandemic not a year into it when things are still, kind of back I mean, to normal it's not back to normal things are still going on but, but go like, on. but you know like donuts the, the whole point of it was that donuts are carry out by nature so they should be doing fine uh, so what do they do <laughs> They go to Duck Donuts and ask their owner how business has been, and they've been over two freaking weeks, and there's some chain franchise from out of state. <laughs> you have Plains, you have King Donuts, you have so many different local places. Uh, what's the what's the place in Nords? Like You have all of these different great local stops, and you go to freaking Duck Donuts that's been open for two weeks. Like, suck it, CJ. Like, has, is that person new to town or something? Like you could have even gone to that if you wanted to do a place that does crazy donuts. There's one in Nulu, I forget that does all the like cereal donuts. Yeah, uh, I, I've been to that place. Is it high? Is it uh, high five? There we go. Five. Yeah, like, like I think that was the only like actual local place they went to. I'm like, dude, just can, suck it. Can I give you maybe a hot take? I don't know if it is or it isn't. Is just give me a good old fashioned classic donut over like these gourmet ones. Like yeah, the gourmet no, ones no. are solid. I like them. Like they're yeah. good. But like first off, for the price, it's absolutely a no-brainer. And then secondly, I, I think that just like a good old fashioned chocolate glaze is better than like my you know, I've gotten like a cinnamon toast crunch donut before, no shrimp on it. But yeah. it was really it was good. I liked it, but like it was just a little much. Just give me a good oh, old fashioned yeah. cho chocolate donut. Yeah, I don't think that's a hot take, Terry. I'm with okay. you. Like they're fine every once in a while. Like I I tried the bacon donut. And it was like, oh, you know, hmm, okay. But it's not a, I'm going to get it every single time. Like, yeah. it's just a, I maybe have a every chocolate, I can have a chocolate donut every weekend morning for the rest of time. I, I, I wouldn't crave these gourmet donuts every weekend yeah. morning. Too much, too much sugar, too much extra. Agreed. Okay. A texter says, uh, I hate that I can't respond. Oh, that was just Hoosier Dingus. <laughs> Sucking Hoosier Dingus. Bring your headphones, buddy. You had one job. Uh, did you and don't forget to feed the cat? So two jobs. Did you see Gavin Wimsett comment on a tweet where someone committed to Rutgers? Uh, maybe the Wimsett Rutgers rumors will turn out to be an April Fool's joke. Wouldn't that be nice? But I did see that. That's a little concerning. But you know, <laughs> if you get too caught up in kids' social media, you're just going to be miserable. It's an April Fool's joke that his name is Duke, isn't it? The long con from Roush. <laughs> that could be like a funny, you know, whenever he gets married father oh. of the groom speech like and you know you're born on april fools oh man on oh, like his 21st birthday well son or no his 18th <laughs> you're finally a man turns out jokes been on you the whole time <laughs> did they give you a choice of what vaccine you want did they have the old school non-rna one shot johnson and johnson 
not a Bellarmine, a nice Catholic. Uh, they weren't going to allow the Johnson and Johnson there. So uh, they did not give me a choice. But supposedly the, the, most places don't like they just have what they have. Right. The Pfizer is the best, though, is what I've heard. So I'm, I'm all good. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, suck it. Moderna is just as great. When loyal listeners like Johnny, per se, be invited to Rash's party bus. <laughs> yeah, you have to invite the lower loyal listeners, Roush. If you don't invite them, you can't forget the people that got you where you are. Right, right. The loyal listeners. The loyal listeners. Uh, three stimulators. A eh, Roush. Now I'm excited about golf. Did Bobby Cook? Did Roush just say Bobby Cook has three stimulators there, getting a happy ending with those lessons? So Roush, you said stimulators. Did I really? I thought. Uh, yeah, I mean, two different texters said that. So must be true. Yeah, must be true. <laughs> John here. Good. Take me out to the ballpark morning. Today is opening day for the MLB season. I have MLB TV so I can watch my Yankees. I know Nick and TJ don't watch much baseball. I watch baseball, John. But hey, it's sports. Who does the KRC crew, including Justin and the others, think will win the World Series? We'll got to go talk to you later. Real quick, because we need to run here. But uh, I made a dumb bet, but I feel confident about it. I bet three of my friends $25 a piece that the Dodgers would win the World Series. They oh, have the yeah, field. smart. Yeah they, yeah, they have the field. Like and the it. reason it's a dumb bet for me is because like I can get the Dodgers plus 300, which I have. But the Dodgers are winning the World Series, folks. Like, yeah. re- Replay this in October, Justin. April 1st, 2021. Uh, the Dodgers are winning the World Series. It won't really even be all that fun. So yep, that's true. I won't mind that the Red Sox will kind of stink again this year. It's because they wouldn't beat the Dodgers anyways. The Dodgers will be as good as the Red Sox team back in 2018. They're going to win 110 games. It's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, I should probably, if they're at plus 300, I should probably just go ahead and make a bet now so that I got a little bit of extra juice when the World Series rolls around yes. because they got this. Movie and before somebody's like, you say it's a stupid bet, but you're saying how good of a bet they're going to win. Well, it's a stupid bet because yeah, I could get better odds elsewhere. Like, I even money is stupid for me when I can get plus 300. That's my logic. But the Dodgers are going to win, so I'll win money regardless. I'll take it any way I can get it. Jamin Davis did his first vertical jump and hit every slap. They had to raise it higher. Yeah, that was pretty nuts. <laughs> I wonder if that's just like a little like in house pro day strategy like oh my gosh he didn't hit uh, he hit all of them and you actually had it on a lower level to begin with be pretty mm-hmm. genius it would be it would be justin he's got rick bozich's white socks um wow what a dumb pick um but yeah the dodgers <laughs> are gonna win it we also we i guess we'll save this for tomorrow tj and especially because i didn't read much into it but uh the supreme court uh as the jur- journalists are telling me they're dunking on the NCAA. So we're going to have to dig into that more Yeah, tomorrow. we'll talk about that. My only thing about, like, I have yet to see anybody bring up the value in scholarships, stipends, all that stuff. And and, and, bl- and I'm blaming the NCAA. NCAA just seems like they're saying stupid thing after stupid thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, that would, because that was Brooks' reaction. Her first defense was like, isn't the scholars like that? That should be your first go to yeah, is to talk seriously. about the scholarship. That, and if you still don't think that's enough, that's fine. You know, reasonable minds could disagree with that stuff, but just very quickly with it, because yeah, we do need to talk more about it. But the installation, their whole thing should be listen, 
are some people not getting what they deserve on a free open market? Yes, but they're signing up to play in our system. This is the way we have it, and we feel like we've got a pretty good thing to offer for every student. But yes, yeah, some people are going to be a little bit more valuable than others. And for those folks, there are other options available for them. And we're going to do the name, image, and likeness. So at least that, you know, if it, they're going to feel like they're going to be able to earn off who they are, that should be the whole NCAA push. Then being like, uh, we think paying people will make them le have less time for academics and they won't take school seriously. Shut up. That is a horrible strategy, NCAA, and you deserve to get dunked on if you do that. It's just I haven't seen people bring up what the NCAA actually does offer which is a lot of really great things and can be life-changing for a lot of people not having to pay for college. But uh, again, Roush, sorry, I shouldn't even probably started. Yeah, yeah, you went a little bit crazy there, um, a little bit deeper than I thought. I just thought it was wild that the conservative and liberal justices were both like, wait, so you're trying to sell us this NCAA? You want an antitrust exemption just because that's the way it always was? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So... Um, I'll dig into it more today and maybe we can we can try to parse through exactly what it all means and even what's at stake because there, there's so much involved like I'm obviously trying to figure out what the hell the Supreme Court's talking about it's going to take me some time well uh, we'll talk about it more tomorrow breaking news UofL basketball going to Maui next year oh Damn it. So, I, I want to go to Maui. I, that's one thing with Cal that like the Cal haters do have right. Like, yeah, Cal, like get your ass go back to, my, to Maui. Maui. Yeah. Seriously, it's so much fun. Ooh, you lost the Yukon. It was still a great trip. Like, it was, yeah, on. it was a great trip. You got to play Portland and see in, in the West Coast, and then you got to beat uh, Washington, and that was fun. Yeah, totally agree with you. And maybe the wife you've all fan will want to take a little trip back to, to Ooh, Maui. Watch, there you watch go. her cards in, in 2022. Uh, all right, everybody have a good day. Thanks for all the texts in the show. Thanks, Justin. Happy Walker, birthday, Duke. Happy birthday, little baby Duke. Your father loves you very much. Goodbye.